U.S. President Donald Trump announced yesterday that he is going to strongly regulate or close social media companies down. And that may seem odd since Twitter is his preferred method of communication. So why would he do this and why now? It's in response to being fact-checked by Twitter over false claims that mail-in ballots would lead to a rigged election. Yesterday, Trump tweeted, Republicans feel that social media platforms totally silence conservative voices. We will strongly regulate or close them down before we can ever allow this to happen. We saw what they attempted to do and failed in 2016. We can't let a more sophisticated version of that happen again, just like we can't let large scale mail in ballots take root in our country. It would be a free for all on cheating, forgery and the theft of ballots. Whoever cheated the most would win. Likewise, social media, clean up your act, all caps. And now exclamation, 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 exclamation point. Now. First of all, mail-in ballots do not significantly increase the risk of voter fraud. And overall, voter fraud is not a problem in U.S. elections. He has, Trump, explicitly said he believes that high voter turnout hurts Republicans. He's not really worried about fraud at the end of the day. He's worried that if Americans vote in large numbers, he will lose the election. And I have to make mention of this. Although he has lied on Twitter numerous times, he was fact-checked by Twitter once. That's what led to all of this. And it didn't even involve removing his tweet. Instead, it was uh, appended with the message, get the facts about mail-in ballots, which then linked to relevant articles. And Trump blew a gasket. Michael Geist is a law professor at the University of Ottawa, holds the Canada Research Chair in Internet Law, and he's joined the show right now. Michael, good to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. So I just had to set up the story because not everybody is aware of it. And and it has evolved somewhat. Now Trump is expected to sign an executive order that could expose social media platforms to more regulations and lawsuits. That's expected to happen tonight. Can you maybe get into the nitty gritty of if what, what this executive order would be about and how it would work and if it could work? Sure. So I think probably the starting point is to point out that there has long been a law in the United States. It's been on the book for a couple of decades. A lot of people refer to it as CDA Section 230. But the core of it is to provide a safe harbor or legal immunity for large Internet platforms, frankly, for almost anybody who operates online for third-party content. So, of course, platforms themselves, Facebook, Twitter, whomever, is responsible for their own particular speech. But where what they're doing is hosting someone else's posts or someone else's content, which, of course, is a a huge amount of the content that you would find on these platforms, what this law says is they aren't responsible either for the content of those messages. They also aren't legally responsible if they take down those messages. So it's designed both to insulate them from liability for hosting or having that content posted, and if they actually decide to take action, it also insulates them from trying to play that Good Samaritan role in trying to take action. And I should note that that law has been enormously effective in allowing those companies to grow and in preserving free speech online. Trump now says through this executive order, he's effectively saying he wants to re-examine some of these things. For, for a lot of the bluster, the reality is he can't, of course, just change the law himself. Uh, it's a congressional law, and the U.S. has put it into its trade agreements, including one with Canada. So what he's done is say, well, we want to take a closer look at whether or not we need to change some of these kinds of rules. We want to limit U.S. advertising on sites that we don't think play, that he doesn't think play fairly, and a, a number of other smaller measures. But candidly, most of it doesn't change the law because he's not in a position to do so. So this law would require going through Congress, and it's deadlocked. Is that right? 
It would. Well, in fact, there there is some support, I would say, on both sides of the aisle for taking a closer look at this law. So this law was established back at a time when the Internet was in its, its early days, at least in terms of some of the kinds of sites and services that we have. And the social media kinds of services that we know of today didn't even exist at that time. So we have seen people say, you know what, we ought to take a look at whether or not these companies should play a greater role, take on a greater level of responsibility for the content on their sites. But that's been a, a conversation that's been ongoing for some time. And in fact, despite Trump's uh, you know, actions today, he included exactly the same provision in the USMCA, in the trade agreement with, with Canada and with Mexico, effectively both exporting those rules to Canada, so they're effectively uh, through, through a trade agreement part of our now legal framework, or will be once the agreement takes effect, and locking the United States into roughly the same uh, terms. So he's got very little wiggle room to move significantly away from the very rules that the United States has been promoting itself in trade agreements and effectively locked itself into. Let me ask you this. Um, based on something that I read about how social media platforms don't actually silence conservatives, they amplify extremes. They say that a slide presented, and this is frightening to Facebook executives in 2018, uh, by the Wall Street, it was uncovered by the Wall Street Journal, showed that uh, there was a matter-of-fact statement, our algorithms exploit the human brain's attraction um, to divisiveness. And another internal Facebook report from 2016 said that 64% of people who joined extreme extremist groups on the platform did so because of Facebook's algorithm recommended them to um, those particular sites. Now, with that in mind, is Trump kind of on to something in the way of this? This is not just a platform that social media should be held responsible and they are more of a broadcaster. What is your opinion on that? Because I know that it's split between people listening. Yeah, well, I don't think they're a broadcaster in the traditional broadcast sense. Um, and I actually think that his approach perversely actually undermines free speech in the name of trying to safeguard it. We know that in countries that don't provide this kind of immunity, these sorts of safe harbors, the, the knee-jerk reaction from many of those platforms is to actually remove content far faster than they ever would in the United States. So in the U.S., because they've got these legal protections, there is a tendency to keep the content online, which raises some of the kinds of concerns that you just mentioned. There are risks associated with that, to be sure. But the alternative one in which you are liable for the content that other people post, much like, let's say, a broadcaster, um, if it's their own content. In those circumstances, the response, and even in a place like Canada, is often to remove that content out of fear of potential liability. So if the goal is free speech, you actually need these kinds of safe harbors to help safeguard some of those speech those, that speech and what Trump is, is effectively doing will, will be to undermine those kinds of safeguards. I want to thank you for your time, Michael. It's a pleasure having you on the show and trying to make sense of exactly what is happening south of the border right now and how it could uh, pertain to us here north of the 49th parallel. Thank uh, you so much. You bet. My pleasure.